Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, a podcast where a cynical comedian talks to a very uh, joyful relationship therapist. Thanks, Neil. You're welcome. <laughs> we have questions available if you'd like to ask us a question about your uh, relationship or relationships in general, or just any question. It doesn't have to be about relationships. Go to neilcolhatka.com slash podcasts. It's $30. And all of that money will go straight to charity. Any questions? Ask Neil what his biggest secret is, what his bank account login details are, and we have to answer. Well, no, not my (laughs) bank account login details. There's not much there right now. It's lockdown, (laughs) but Well, we'll see. There we go. We'll see when I start these monthly rooms all over Australia. Speaking of cats... Which I just realized happened before we started. We <laughs> were speaking about them before we were recording. Yeah. But I saw this thing that you need to get. And basically, it's like this big, like a pot plant. And, and it's a litter tray inside of and it. And the litter tray's inside. I looked up, I was, trust me, I was very close to getting that. But I looked up the reviews for that. And it's not good for the cat to do their business in this, in that litter tray. <laughs> it's for the aesthetic. So owners are like, mm, I want to. I don't want it to look like a litter tray, uh, but it's actually worse for the cat. Aww. So I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. It was on my bookmarks. Would you ever get one of those backpacks and it's got like the little cat view and it looks like a like fishbowl kind of viewing? Oh, and you put the cat in the backpack. Yeah, but it's like this big. Which, if you're watching the audio, mm, prob- listening to the audio, it's quite big. Probably not. Oh. I don't need a transporter anywhere. What if she wants to come visit me? Shorty. I've got a little carrier. That's good enough. I used to have a rat bag where I'd carry my rats in my bag. And it was like this little mesh bag. And I'd just carry them around with me. We'd go to Manly, go to the beach. Yeah. (laughs) Could people see that there were rats in there? Yeah, and you would not believe how many people would scream at me on the street. But I was like. Do not offend Brenda and Doris, all right? They're sensitive little cute rats, so, yeah. Interesting. Yes. Are rats, do rats prefer the one location? Because I know cats don't actually like being taken to different places. They love to explore. It depends on the rat. Some some don't. Mine yeah. loved exploring. They loved going places. And I would, if I took them to, like, the beach, I'd either put them in my bag or I just put, if it was cold, I'd put them in my, my hoodie. Would they ever try and escape? If you let your rats onto the street, would they stay with you? Yeah, they just follow your feet. Like it's really, really? hard. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. You walk anywhere. Okay, that's quite cute. They just follow by your feet. And the second you stop, they jump on like your your pants and they just crawl all the way up from ankles, knees, all the way up to your shoulders. They sit there. Wow. So that's what mine would do. I'd like put them on the sand on the beach and they would run around and just come up and jump up and sit on my shoulders. And I'd cook dinner with my little rats on my shoulders. They were so cute. And then that's I would like cool. that's very cute. go like this and they just run down my arm onto your shoulder. They were so sweet. Best pets ever. And you can litter train them. Mine had a little box as well. Yeah. Um, I had like this giant cage, like as big as this to floor kind of thing. And then. what Did they just die of old age or? Yeah. Well, female rats are really prone to tumors or all rats are. So one of mine died from a tumor and then the other one died from a heartbreak afterwards. Really? Yeah. It was so sad. And they only have like a lifespan of two years. Oh, that's sad. I was heartbroken. And you didn't decide to get new ones? No, because they just live too little. It's too sad. When when did they pass away? 
it was a while ago. I was, I was, and the saddest thing was I was away because I was studying. Um, I was in Perth doing my sexology degree oh, for a, no. like I was only gone for like a week or two. So my ex boyfriend was staying and looking after them, and he liked them. Like he was getting them out and play. But I think because one of them had died, and she had this random guy looking after her. Well, I mean, it wasn't random. <laughs> We'd been together for like three years, but okay. um, still, she missed me. And she she passed Oof. away when I got home. It was so sad. I when felt so guilty. Yeah. Did you get to see her before she passed away? Mm, I can't remember. I think I either saw her for like one day or that or my mum went and picked them up and took them took her to get like euthanized because my boyfriend was like, or my ex-boyfriend was like, she's just, I won't share the details, but she wasn't making it basically she was dying so my mom very sad took her to a um family vet who's like super she's really like compassionate and like hippie little woman she was like being really nurturing about it so yeah it's okay in the end but oh yeah wow it's actually very pets, sad. Pets dying is so sad. And then I tried to explain the next day at work. I was too sad to come in because my rats died. <laughs> they were like, get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> come in. <laughs> yeah. Well, can't discriminate. Yeah. You can still have just as strong an emotional bond with rats as you would a dog. A lot of people have Why rats not? as like a therapy pet as well because they're so they're, they're pack animals and they perceive you as their pack leader. So they're, very, they're like dogs in the sense that they're Ooh, really attached to you. Yeah. The pack once. Well, I can't get a rat now because the cat will probably try and kill it, right? Yeah, no. So. And um, this is kind of dirty and gross, but because I was like always handling my rats, sometimes I'll go down to Manly and sit on the rocks where there's heaps of like actual rats, like street rats. Yeah. But because I like my rats would like not good enough, put their probably. scent on me. Okay. Which to a human, you wouldn't be able, I wouldn't smell like rats to you, but to other yeah. rats, I smell like rats. So the street rats would just come and chill, like sit on my feet. And like, once I did it with my friends, I was like, I'm a rat whisperer. And she was like, that's the most fucking disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Get that. So you, so you go to Manly and then you, the, the rats I would, would sit, gravitate like, I towards sat, you. Yeah. They would, they wouldn't be scared and they would just come sit near me. Or sometimes they would like stand on my like little shoes and just look around and stuff. That is a little bit. A, a little bit gross. Creepy, I went yeah. a bit of rat obsessed for a time in my life, but that was the old me. Lots changed from the age of twenty two to twenty seven. So that's a formative time. It is a formative time. My brain wasn't even developed, mm, so you can't same. blame me. I'm very different to who I was six years ago. Yeah, five six years ago. Didn't have rats, but um, <laughs> that was your biggest flaw, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I need I need a connection with rats. They hold wisdom that I'm they unaware do. of. That they do. Sounds like they're very smart creatures. They are. Animals are very... Look, we don't realize animals are very... Everything that we think makes us different to animals, they do a lot of tests and then they realize, no, animals also have that. Literally, yeah. What's it called now? It's not, it's not just veganism, it's sentientism. Yeah. Is that when you believe all sentient beings are equal and should have the same rights, essentially? I think so. So therefore, basically, just everything other than like oysters and <laughs> and some insects. And how does that? So veganism is just the the, the diet itself, or a sentient. No, plant based is the diet, and veganism is like I won't wear leather. I won't oh. um, use honey and anything that comes from animals. Like it's much more of a a lifestyle. Like me, and, okay. <laughs> me and Adrian are so- very like. <laughs> 
eco-friendly but then yeah you can't do it perfectly like look at how much i consume and if you saw how much like makeup and clothes that i have and like you know the package of makeup is so wasteful so not gonna do it perfectly hi yeah. speaking of animals this yeah. is shorty and her butt in the screen oh sorry <laughs> sorry she doesn't want you to pat her she's smelling the rats <laughs> even like five years later you can come here no okay. um but what I want to talk about today. What are we well, speaking about, about animals, actually, I wanted to talk about male and female competition mm. amongst each other for mates. Yes. So going back to evolutionary biology and psychology, uh, I wanted to talk about that. I initially wanted to bring up the um, a certain theory that has promulgated throughout the internet and in my opinion has some truth to it, but what makes it, I, I suppose, toxic, we need a buzzer every time one of us says toxic, is the response many people have to that theory. So that theory is the 80-20 the theory. So very briefly, uh, essentially 80% of women supposedly compete for 20% of men. Yeah. Now, it's not it doesn't have to be specifically be that number, but a larger proportion of women are attracted to and, and seek out high-value men. Now these uh this is ideas that are consistently spoken about on on a lot of podcasts and throughout various forums. It's not even just an incel thing, I think. It's spoken about a lot. There is a lot of evidence that supports again not strictly 80/20 those numbers but that <clears throat> there is definitely uh higher women may have higher standards but you then need to ask the question after that, which is, well, is that because women are just pickier or is it because men do actually suck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to actually ask that. And then the, I suppose from an evolutionary biology perspective, there's much more investment when a, when a woman sleeps with someone. I mean, all these birth control things are very new and our actual physiology hasn't updated mm. um, in line with things like, the pill and condoms and all of that. So if a woman's sleeping with someone and there's a huge likelihood that they will get pregnant, that's a nine-month investment minimum. Mm -hmm. And then there's a bond that they're going to have with the baby, so that's at least more than nine months. Whereas a man, they could make a bad decision and then sleep with a girl that they then realise, oh, it's probably not a good person to have as a mother, but then next day they can sleep with someone else. So Isn't that's that the that's a theory. Yeah. They, it seems logical, mm. um, but it's more when people hear that, a lot of men, I think, internalize that and think, well, fuck women. They just go for these high-value men. Now, regardless if there's a statistical anomaly or if there are facts out there, mm. how you react to that. Yeah. is a different story. Exactly. So you can, it, it, regardless of whether it's true or not, if uh, a higher proportion of women compete for a smaller amount of money, well, that's what they'd mm. ideally go for. Okay, are you going to sit there and whinge about it all day on internet forums <laughs> or are you going to try and do something and try to yeah. become one of those high-value men? True, very true. Because it's, it's, it's just yeah. such an excuse then a lot of men will will make. Now... The validity of the theory itself is contentious. Mm. I think there's, I can, you know, there, it seems to be like there, there could be some truth to that. 
But I also think everyone wants pretty high value people. I know. Like, like we all want to go for the top shocking? 20%. Um, and they just constantly, like on a, a lot of podcasts and a lot of things I read, they're, they're, they're always talking about this. And to me, it seems like, all right, look at the data. It may be true. End of discussion. What well, What then are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Again, it comes back to what I say on other podcasts, which is no one's ever going to pity date you or pity fuck you. Yeah. Some people will and you don't want to. You probably don't want to be pity fucked by yeah. someone. So if you feel like, oh, I'm never going to be that high value man, yeah. I'm never going to get the woman of my dreams. It just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Confirmation bias. So yeah. if it is the case that a higher proportion of women compete for a smaller proportion of men, what are you going to do about it? Yep. You can sit there and whinge or are you going to um, better yourself? Well, first of all, look how cute this is. She's just on my life. She's doing that thing where she like, you know when cats do like, they like need or they go like, yeah. what does that mean? She's been doing that for No, she's bonding. She's so cute. I planned this so that <laughs> you don't get too... She's sitting on my lap. ...triggered about this time. <laughs> I know. I told so, Neil oh, before. Look at the shadow. All right. We really need a <laughs> lighting need person. To, we're going to pause or... Um, nah. If you're watching on YouTube, you, this will go on for two minutes and then the sun will set. Yes. Well, anyway, I was saying to Neil, when was it yesterday, last night or this morning, I can't remember, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this topic because it just frustrates me so much that I don't know if I could keep my cool. So I am glad that Shorty is here as okay. my little therapy pet. What frustrates you about it? Because when I looked up YouTube videos and then okay. <laughs> yeah. about this 80-10, 80, 80, 80, good maths, 80-20 Tinder rule. Uh-huh. And there was one, one of the highest viewed ones. His YouTube name is like Lonnie, like L-O-N-N-Y Spence, because people always ask me when I talk shit about them to quote them. Um, Lonnie Spence. And if you look up his name and then 8020 rule, his explanation was literally the most frustrating thing I've ever tried. I could, I don't know how I sat through that many minutes where basically he was saying, okay, so 80% of women go after the top 20% of men mm. on Tinder. And what, like, what I guess is the top 20, it's based on how many likes you're getting. That's like the Tinder economy, number of likes um, or swipes. And so, <laughs> getting jealous of yeah. that much from Bondi. <laughs> I got anxious attachment, remember? <laughs> She's so cute. She's pairing. Oh, God. And so, his explanation. So, he like had this diagram of eight girls, like Mm. stick figures. And then he was like, let's actually break this down. Okay, so actually of this 80% of women, most of them are in fact overweight. And then I was like, oh, fuck, okay, here we go. So are men equally overweight in stats, but sure. And then he was like, then the other third have children. Don't think it's that many. And then... The other third, or it's a combination of they're overweight, they've got kids, and they've got huge amount of debt, which is why they're all seeking the top 20% so that this man can raise their children or pay off their debts, and that is the only reason why. And then everyone was, like, looking in the comment, uh, commenting in the comments being, like, so true, bro, like, mate, I can't believe it kind of thing. And first of all, the debt that he's talking about is student debt from university or college. So 
really what you're saying is women are more educated perhaps like these are women in their early 20s that he was looking at kind of thing and so I was just really frustrated at his kind of explanation and basically this whole study that was done by Tinder I think it was done like 10 years ago in 2009 or something which is actually more than 10 but um it's kind of like all of a sudden caught on again and the incel community have really taken it to to back some of their beliefs that saying well why women are only going for 20% of the men like this just proves our point what is I guess often neglected is that that study the sample size is 27 people there's 27 women in that in that study that or research that they did I don't know about the 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 study he's talking about um again I don't know about how valid the specific numbers are but I have seen other studies and evidence that show that sort of general trend on on online yeah. dating. Yeah. There's a, f- a fewer amount of male profiles that are generally seen as desirable. Yeah. Well, I mean and there's nothing and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Yeah. Because I think the insinuation from just saying something like that is that oh, well women are picky or women uh, think too highly of themselves no one's saying that yeah let's just analyze the well, data lots of people are saying yeah that, i know well, that, that's where i have an issue with it. as well yeah. but the if, if the data is correct yeah. you can't hide away from that well the thing is though the data is i don't know if it's correct because there's other studies that have been done by hinge and okcupid which show that the top 20 percent of men still only have a 20 percent success rate themselves so only one in five women will swipe on them, mm-hmm. which I guess I can understand. Can, That's pretty high. One yeah, five. which is still, yeah, exactly, quite high. But then other studies show that women actually, the I mean, for men, the highest amount of people that get rates uh, rated are those that are re- considered to be like a five or six on attractiveness levels. So because they're more achievable, they're more likely to be loyal, they won't have to compete with other women for these like, bachelor guys so they're going for more average guys so there's all this kind of competing data but even so if like when I was on tinder <laughs> back in the day and I when I started when I first downloaded it I spent like four hours just swiping on everyone that I thought I would be good with like potential whatever or that I thought was cute I don't know and then the next morning when I woke up I'd match with basically every single one of them Whereas women, for the average guy, this Tinder study says that for every 100 swipes, one woman will match with you yeah, approximately or 115, so even less. Um, but when you think about it, I wake up the next morning and I've got literally hundreds of men that I've just matched with overnight. I'm going to pick the ones that I'm like, okay, this is this guy looks like he's the most suitable. This is the best option for me. Like that's just how it is when you when you're – given a variety of options, you're going to want to pick the one that you think is going to be the best. Mm. So do you think it's because men are putting themselves out there too much and actually having no standards, it gives women the luxury to have higher standards? Well, this is kind of like a pop psychology thing, but it it does kind of make sense. And I hate even feeding into this whole That's a fair point. Well, but, sorry, Shorty, I've got pins and needles. And I do apologize. For anyone watching on the YouTube, this sun is actually taking a bit longer. Blinding me. But look, it's... The Sun episode. The Sun episode. (laughs) But 
this one concept is um, this pop psychology concept is that men's baseline is that they want to sleep with women and they look for reasons why they shouldn't. So like, okay, she's unstable, so therefore I won't. Or she is a boyfriend, still do it. so therefore I won't. But her, his baseline is I would sleep with this woman. And then they say for, for the other way around, for women, the baseline is I won't sleep with this man unless he gives me great reason that I should. So it's kind of flip. And I don't really like feeding into that whole concept of all men want to fuck every woman because it's just not true. And you wouldn't believe how many women I get messages from saying- but- no, okay, go on, go Saying on. that, oh, my, why doesn't my boyfriend want to have sex with me last night? Like, don't men just want to have sex constantly? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, men have a, but if the data says something, you do have to listen to the data. Like, you can't let personal opinions cloud what, I'm sure we all have our biases and we're going to interpret yeah. data in a, in a specific way. And that's exactly what a lot of these men commenting are doing. So I'm guessing that a, a general narrative they'd have on data like that is, oh, women are actually the entitled ones in this society, mm-hmm. modern feminized feminist society and, mm-hmm. you know, they only look at high-value men and that's where they see all the privilege and then they then think every man has that. And then, look, there could be, there, there could be some truth to that. Um, yeah. But I think it's different when you don't – men definitely have – well, I can let me say anecdotally that there's a preference for sexual variety there. It doesn't necessarily mean we just want to have sex all the time. Yeah. But there's a sexual attraction that occurs for a huge amount of women. Yeah, and that's so, so that I'm, is yeah. I'm looking at through Instagram and I'm looking through Tinder yeah. and I'm like, she's hot, she's hot, she's hot, she's hot. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically the same as yes, if the opportunity arose and the circumstances were appropriate, I would pursue that. Mm-hmm. But those are the big caveats there. Yeah. If the opportunity arose, if the circumstances were correct. And there's a lot of circumstances that would, you know, what's the effort that I'm going to have to put into it? What's, uh, is it a professional relationship? Do, All I, those have, do I have a girlfriend? All these other things. Yeah. So I think it is true that men are gen- have this innate desire to spread their seed because mm. the way we're built biologically is that we have the ability to mate with maybe two to three women a day technically mm-hmm. but just because you have that compulsion there's also other parts of your brain that can say no there are things that are more important there can be a delayed gratification yeah uh it doesn't mean you just give into it having said that that initial impulse will always influence the way we interact in, I suppose, the dating economy. Mm. So I think it, it is this conversation, for whatever reason, is fraught with a lot of emotion on both sides. I'm sure a lot of those comments would have been pretty intense. <laughs> it's it's just beyond frustrating to be honest. And I get it, like it's... It's data, but it's data that has come from a sample size of 27 women that were interviewed via like face-to-face. Yeah. So how honest are you going to be when you're like, yeah, I find this guy hot. No, I wouldn't do that. Like the, those things need to be taken into account. People make all these assumptions from data saying, well, it was a study, therefore it's accurate. And sure. even if it is accurate, I'm not denying that it may not be, but 
having gone on Tinder as a woman seeking male and men and also a woman seeking women, the difference is just incredible. Like basically what this data shows is that women on Tinder find very few men on Tinder attractive, whereas men on Tinder find all women attractive. Well, a lot more majority of okay. women attractive. And, but then when I was swiping through girls, I found every single girl attractive on there too. And then when I was swiping through guys, yeah, I didn't find that many guys attractive on there because all the girls that I was swiping on on Tinder, they all had like lots of photos. A lot of them were very pretty. A lot of them had, you know, put a lot of effort into their profiles, had written really long. And sometimes their captions were so cringy. It was like dogs and travel and pizza. That's all I need kind of. To, but at least it was something. Whereas men, I would say nine out of time, nine out of 10 guys didn't have a bio, they had one photo, those kind of things. And then you also have to take into account that women of ethnic cultures are actually way less likely to be on Tinder than or, or of minority groups or culturally and linguistically, linguistically diverse groups are less likely to be on Tinder than, say, me. So What's that? Well, basically what I'm trying to say with that is that the men of those cultures are more likely to be on Tinder. Uh, yeah. So I may look at someone who says, you know, I, I let's say I'm really religious or I'm, you know, I'm really, I, I've dated two Greek boyfriends. So I'll use that being like, I'm, I'm Greek and it's really important to me. And I blah, 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 those kind of things. And I had no, okay. Previously I clashed with that in my boyfriend, ex-boyfriend's family. So I won't date that, those kind of things. Mm. Whereas those there's that not that variety of women, I guess, or mm. as much of that. So those are things that need to be taken into context and the sheer amount of there's like six men on Tinder to every woman as well. So it, there's so many more guys. So the top 20% of guys mm. is almost equivalent to the amount of females. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I there's think lots there. like coming back to what I was saying, the insinuation with that principle is that there's something immoral about women because they mm. go for higher value men. Yeah. And that's what it seems to come across with a lot of the comments yeah. and the general dialogue around that principle. And that's a bit, I think they're sort of projecting their personal narrative and a victim come. I'm sure if you actually asked a lot of these people who are commenting who are more likely to be in these manosphere forums, mm. they'd be against a victim complex. Mm. And the victim culture, yeah. And here they are exhibiting it. Mm. I can see why you're having a very strong reaction to this, um, but I would just say, can we? Do you think we'd be able to? We can still discuss something like that from a, a biological or sort of yes. yeah psychological yes. perspective, as opposed to just a cultural. Perspective where, okay, if it is true that a small, a, a larger proportion of women go for a smaller proportion of men, or oh, therefore women are, you know, mm. uh, superficial and all these conclusions that don't need to be made. Mm. And I disagree with actually as well. Like, I don't necessarily, I think a lot more, like you said, a lot more things need to be taken into account. There was a really interesting, there's a Quillette article that came out, I think, two or three years ago where they, you know how they do the genie cult? I think I talked about this in the like the in sales podcast in the second episode, but 
they do a Gini coefficient of countries where they measure the wealth disparity. And they did that same measurement based on sex. Oh. And they found that there's basically like this sex yeah. oligarchy where, yes, a smaller amount of men are having most of the, a, most a of lot the of the sex. casual sex. Yeah. The thing is, um, and it comes back to something I read in that hormonal book, which is when you make casual sex permissible as we have in the modern mm-hmm. world, and there are still some very religious people in some cultures that say it's wrong and people will still get slut shame, but there's a lot less of that yeah. than there was, say, mm. even just 20, 30 years ago. That means we have to look at what both of the um, – in, in and we're just talking in, in – in heterosexual encounters yeah. here, we have to just look at what do people generally look for in a casual sexual partner? Attractiveness. Attractiveness, yes, yeah. So exactly. then, of course, people are going to go for... And if mm. that many men are swiping because that is, whether it's our nature or not, that is mm. what it is right now. I'm When I'm on Tinder, I'm definitely... I don't swipe on every girl, but I swipe to a lot. <laughs> we'll say that. So if the... If there's so much out there, if the supply of dick is so high, yes. if we can say obviously a, you're gonna pick the, the best one. The supply of dick is so high, yeah, then they have the luxury of being selective. Whereas yeah. I wonder if men actually, if there was this sort of collective agreement among men to say, all right, we're gonna do ten swipes a day and that's it. Yes. And then suddenly all that validation and all mm-hmm. that su- the supply of dick just goes down. So therefore, the value of dick exactly. and the demand of dick is gonna go up. So it is all you can you can that relate is. it to economics to a certain degree. Good, in, um, good insight, yeah. But again, there's you know nature nurture. All these questions arise. What are, at least if there's one thing I want to say to any um, people listening to this, let's say it is true that a, yeah. a, a larger proportion of women go for a smaller proportion of men. It will not help you in any way whinging about it on social media. Become the lo- become the smaller proportion. <laughs> Sure. I mean, and 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 just statistically, not everyone can be in the top twenty percent because it doesn't. Then it's not a top twenty percent. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But if you're spending expending energy complaining about it rather than doing something to better yourself, well, I don't have a lot of sympathy. Yeah. Now, yeah, there are some people that are just going to have natural gifts, <laughs> whether that's just good looks or, and. IQ is a huge, especially as you get older, that's gonna. That's probably the biggest determiner of whether you'll be successful or not. I've been reading into this. and Oh, really? Yeah, IQ, if there's any privilege, I talked about beauty bias one or two podcasts ago, but IQ privilege, because you're just born with, well, you. Th- th- this is contentious as well, but uh, it's most likely that you're born in the same way if you have very tall parents, there's going to be a range of height that you're most likely going to end up with. Now, then environmental factors will determine whether you are either six foot five or six foot seven. Mm. In the same way, if you have parents with a high IQ, then depending on whether you get the proper nutrition and you're exercising your mind um, to an adequate degree, that will determine where you end up in the in the range. But there is a genetic range, mm. so there's a there's a certain privilege there. Yes. If you're just born with a high IQ, you didn't do anything, you didn't work hard, you just happened to be born that way. That's a huge privilege that people don't, I think, talk about. Yeah. I don't know what to do with, about it, but since we have this huge conversation about privilege, which is just something that you haven't necessarily, an advantage that you haven't necessarily earned, 
Very I true. I think that's where the IQ was just a, a very perfect example of that. But maybe I'm I'm trying to just okay. Let me put myself into. I, I think when a lot of people complain about that, they're expressing a lot of anguish and frustration that they've maybe been on social media apps like Tinder and Bumble or just been single for a while and then and then not getting anything. Yeah. And it probably can be very frustrating. Oh, it? for sure. It can be hurtful and disempowering and all sorts of things. What I would recommend is, well, it's a cliche, but, you, you know, you've got to work on yourself. You've got to do things like that and you can continually focus on the perceived advantages women might have, which is that, oh, they ha- they can get laid whenever they want. Um, but if if that is what it is, which, again, that's probably contention, but if it is, if that is the case, whinging about it is not going to do anything either, mm. you know? So in all of these situations, I mean, look, it's fine to vent once in a while, sure, and make jokes. That's my job. But complaining and not doing anything about it is a Isn't it's a victim mindset. Yeah, yeah, it's a victim complex and it's a victim mindset and... It's definitely not going to help your situation. It's definitely if you do perceive that there's a flaw in the culture or something like that, that's just whinging about it's not going to help either. Um, so, Or just get off Tinder and, and find, like, there you can't deny that because there's so there's such a more majority of men on Tinder than there are females and women. So, therefore, you're already at a disadvantage. You're competing against million other guys and there's a you know to every 100 guys there's 20 girls or whatever so that's already putting you at a disadvantage and way to overcome that is maybe just try and really experience getting off tinder and and go into like a niche kind of thing or find something that you're interested in and try find someone in that kind of field like when i look at um and i think about i saw adrian's profile on hinge before we matched and i was like no <laughs> I said because all I saw about him mm. there was not much on there it was just some photos of him and I was like okay I can see he's a tradie he's covered head to toes in tattoos I didn't make negative assumptions but I was like I don't think like I'm his type like I'm probably I'm not that like attracted to him whatever and then the second the word goes out of his mouth saying are you vegan all of a sudden like this whole world of possibilities opened up to me and then like we are obviously now in a relationship for a year. But I just thought, what if I had never known that he was vegan? We wouldn't have matched because he was one in hundreds of guys that I was coming across that day or whatever. So it's, it is a disadvantage. It's, there's no, I'm not denying that there's a disadvantage, like that that's not true. And I'm also not denying that maybe 80% of women do go after the top 20% of men, but those factors are so important. And you need to think what's actually on my profile. Um, am I, have I got multiple photos of myself? Have I said anything that's weird? And how am I starting conversations and things like that? Because the match rate and success rates are different things. So mm. for example, an average guy may only receive 10 matches a day where a good-looking guy may receive 100 matches a day, but the average guy might be taking 10 out of 10 matches on dates because he's good with the way he speaks and the way he communicates, those kind of things. Whereas a good-looking guy who says one word to reply will just get maybe one or two out of those 100 girls because they're like, well, shit, he's hot. 
Um, and mm. like you said before, when we're talking about specifically casual dating, all we have to base that decision off is usually attraction. And when you have a variety, especially as women offered to you, basically at any point, because a lot of men will sleep with women that they don't consider to be wildly attractive anyway, you're going to pick the best that you can get, if that makes sense. So you're going to pick the most that you're physically attracted to. Mm. So yes, there is validity to these studies, but at the same point, what would you do in that situation? Oh, exactly. I, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, if anything, the casualization of relationships and what you could call hookup culture, you know who I think it's benefited the most? Beautiful people of both genders, but just yes. beautiful people full stop. Yeah. Because when you're having a lot of hookups and, and casual relationships, you, you can have – not an infinite amount, but the, but you can have a lot more of those, mm-hmm. and there's going to just be a higher premium for very beautiful people from either gender, exactly. and they're able to engage in multiple short-term hookups and casual mm-hmm. encounters, and maybe sometimes let someone else sleep with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's who it ultimately benefits. It's it's it is if you want to come back to I love just analysing this from an economic point of view. You're increasing the the disparity of sexual success. Exactly. Essentially, you're just saying, okay, yeah. the top ten to twenty percent of beautiful people, they can keep having as much casual sex as they want, usually amongst themselves and sometimes with mm. another person that they thought was funny or cute. Um, but what would have in a in a in a culture that is monogamous and sort of enforces that through cultural shame? Well, it doesn't matter how beautiful you are. You have to choose one person and then stick with that person. So then, yeah, I guess it then is more evenly spread out. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's specific to either. Well, again, even if there is a disparity between the sexes there, I think both in both sexes, the most attractive people will definitely benefit the most from For this sure. casualization and of, of dating and um what you could broadly describe as hookup culture. Yeah, and what, what I found was interesting in another study, I can't remember, it might have been Hinge, I can't remember, had done their own, and they found that when women match with their like top tier guys, right, like the top 10%, they would often wouldn't like respond even in if that guy had started the conversation, they wouldn't even reply and they wouldn't go on dates with him or whatever, probably because of what I said before, like intimidation or not wanting to compete with other girls because like he's so good looking, he's got a six pack or whatever and I'm here in my dressing gown, like I just don't even want to deal with it kind of thing. And so that they actually were rejecting the top of the top guys, whereas for the men, when they got a response from the top of the top girls. They're like, fuck yeah, come on, let's go. Like they, there was none of that like second thought. Um, mm. But that it, actually works against yeah, because then you can come across too keen. It's, yeah, that's And that's it. not always – that's often internal. It's a game. Whereas if you play a bit coy, which is ironic if the woman's actually being insecure and thinking, oh, no, I don't actually want to yeah. go on a date with this guy. I'll probably If he is this guy that just can get whatever girl he wants, he'd think, oh, this is a challenge. Yeah, well, I said this before in another one, and it's for me it was never about when they were coy, but it was when there wasn't that kind of expectation that I would sleep with them. 
that I would then sleep with them, if that makes mm. sense. Like if I, if someone said, come over, like we'll cuddle on the couch and watch a movie, I'd instantly be like, even though he was, I was attracted to him, I'd be like, I'm not going because what if I feel like I don't want to have sex, it's just going to be awkward and he's going to just like try to do it anyway and he, that's what he's expecting. Whereas someone else I had never even mentioned it but was like, why don't you like come around and I'll like cook you or whatever. And it was like that kind of insinuation wasn't there. I probably just go and wait. Like, why don't you come around and I'll cook for you? That sounds like it's a and then or and then I'll to stay and the night. then um we we can go get ice cream and I'll drop you home or something like that. I don't know. Ah, uh, right, 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 right. So, uh, anything, even if it was at his place. Yeah. That kind of see this this is different to what we talked about in the last episode. Don't be direct when it comes. If you want to sleep with someone, don't say, "Hey, I want to." Yeah. Well, there are some situations we might be able to get away with it, but yeah. Be coy. Yeah. Passively flirtatious. Or just don't, yeah, just don't add the pressure, I guess. Um, Because I would find that I stopped replying to guys on Tinder a lot when we were talking conversations and they instantly started to go towards the like sexualizing it. Even though I'm a very sexual person, I just didn't want to be like, okay, now he thinks if I meet up with him, I'm going to fuck him. But I don't know what he's like in person. I don't know if he's going to come across this way. So I'm just not going to meet him. Whereas yeah. someone that had we had banter and sense of humor and was still flirting and it was still kind of sexual but without that whole like intensity, yeah. it was just different. And I'd be more likely to because it just wasn't an, an expectation of me. It was a hope, it was a desire on both parts, but it wasn't like a verbalized, this is what I want to get out of this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, come over and let's watch yeah. a movie. That's very yeah. Unless I asked you, are you wanting a relationship or are you wanting something casual? Then that's fine to say I want something casual. Like, Mm. that's totally fine. Um, It's interesting, I think, because everyone expresses so much anguish towards modern dating. Mm. And it's funny that because you brought up earlier in this podcast how you've spoken to women who um, are struggling to get their boyfriends or male partners to be intimate with them. Yeah. And there's nothing – look, this isn't – dealing with um, our sexual proclivities and sexual interests and just general sexual attraction, there's nothing rational mm. about it. It's still – we're still figuring it out. We're mm. still studying. It's still very – it obviously varies person to person and – there's not this one easy formula that is often fed to us by the culture at large, mm. such as, okay, you'll meet someone, then you'll fall in love with them, and then that love will correspond directly to how sexually attracted you are to them, and that will be it, happily ever after, or casual dating. You can be in your 20s and just have all the fun you want and just put a profile out there and just fuck, and there's no yeah. um, consequences for that. Mm. These things are, are messy, and there's often good and bad, both. And there's our there's so yes, many our inherent, our reptilian brain, but also what we're striving mm. towards is a, a higher value. And it's complicated. It's mm. complicated. It's not as simple as, yeah. you know, all right, here's a general trend where a, a larger proportion of women are going for a smaller proportion of men. Therefore, it's easy to surmise this easy, this simple mm. conclusion. Um, I wonder what the if like. It, Christian um, Christian Mingle did the same study, what the results would be. Like if it would be 20% of men are deemed attractive or if it would be a high variety because like, for example, 
a dating app like that has more, it insinuates more of a relationship rather than hookup culture. Yeah. So I mean, you might if find anything, other things attractive. Yeah, you'd find other things attractive, but I'd also still think that there'd be a disparity in the success rate there because when you're looking for someone to marry, that's it. You know, you can make mm. a mistake with a casual encounter so and be like, true. oh, right, I fucked that yeah. up. But we used protection, that's so there's no point. consequences. Whereas yeah. with a relationship, especially a Christian relationship, which is, you know, ostensibly for the rest of your life, yeah, or you're true. a sinner, <laughs> then you're going to have even higher standards, if anything. That's a very good point. It's yeah. just my, it's my conjecture, but I don't know. Um, but we weren't just going to talk about the eighty twenty thing. I think we're in. I think we can both sort of agree, like whether it's true or not, how you deal with it is the is the issue. And 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 I would strongly suggest that just whinging about it on social media dude that's not going to help you yeah i mean i think there's definitely parts of it that's true like the data has come from somewhere even though the sample sizes was so tiny for the tinder study there is other data across the years that show that women will seek out a a partner that you know they want to get the best that they can get to in order to you know look after them and support Mm. them and have a nurturing relationship and things like being good looking is associated with trust and it's associated with loyalty and things like that as well and it's associated with success um and that's that's the beauty bias and it's similar in the same way that men will seek out women based on their looks on who can bear children for them like biologically and subconsciously yeah it's not as though we're well any for a casual encounter (laughs) we aren't but we don't exactly. maybe don't have those same standards of looks but for a relationship we actually do that's what mm-hmm. the trends show anyway um and it doesn't always people always respond to these things with like well i'm not i'm personally not like that. i'm not like that either with a with yeah. a long-term relationship the biggest thing i look for is can i hold a good conversation with this person mm-hmm. um but i'll be lying it looks obviously matter as well um but the trends and the data may not apply to you personally. They're just trends and they're just data. It's just, we're yeah. talking about the average male or the average female here. Remember that other this- study that said that men, um, when they had to rate what was the most important for them and they rated the top, it was the first thing that's most important is the looks and then it was something else. And for women, they rated the most important was like, loyalty and then it was and then looks was like number eight on the list i can't remember for a long-term t- relationship yeah, yeah for a long-term relationship <laughs> shorty She's in that tunnel <laughs> um <laughs> look we're not you know my thoughts on this i don't yeah. think we're inherently monogamous at all mm. and i think this sort of reactionary cultural sentiment oh let's go back to the days where it was all monogamy and then you know people covered up a lot more and you just, you know, you got married at 18 and then that was it. You built a family. That definitely had advantages to it and we're seeing that maybe we have thrown out the baby or parts of the baby with the yeah. bathwater. Yeah. Uh, but let's look forward as well. Let's let's think of a different way to fix some of the issues that both of the mm. sexes are dealing with now in the online dating space. And to be fair to maybe some of these men um, – I think people should let, the, even though I've just 
disagreed with them for a lot, but I'm just backtracking here a little bit. Mm. Sometimes we need to just let people, sometimes we just need to let men talk about their experiences without immediately saying, oh, you're just an incel that's got a victim complex. Yeah. So I think if it did come across that way, actually, I do actually, oh, I always say I don't apologize much. I'm not saying sorry, but look. I think it's fair to hear men out and not necessarily just assume, yeah. oh, well, you know, you're just playing the victim and you're just entitled, you think you're entitled to women's bodies. I think mm. let's just listen without judgment. Um, so I, agree I guess completely. if there are comments, yeah. you know, talk about it. But I suppose... It depends on how you talk about it, yeah, though. Yeah, but then even then that well, has its issues. Like I feel... When you say something like that, when you put caveats onto it, that's also where a lot of men may not even open up about certain things. This isn't even just talking about online dating and hooking up, but okay, so I'm allowed to talk about my feelings, but it just only if they're received positively. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say, look, I've had a fucking shit go on Tinder and women don't match me and it sucks. I think that's fine. But I think it's not fine when men like that YouTube video, look, the first thing I looked up was Tinder where he's like, all women on Tinder, they're either fat, in debt or kids. And that's why they want the rich guys. That's the reason they don't want to fuck you. Like those kind of things. That's coming from his own place of hurt or whatever. Of course, I agree. But how's that different to say when women are like, oh, all men are trash and they're all... And I don't agree with that either. Okay. Um, I think that's also inappropriate because you can vent about things in a way being like, I'm I'm hurt by this guy and I I was you know he cheated on me and I, I'm fucking hurt and I because of that I don't trust men right now I think that's different to being like men you are filthy you're disgusting I don't know why I ever dated a man they're literally all trash like they're literally that's useless TikTok, yeah <laughs> which is a lot of TikTok so I think that you can take take your own ego out of it and communicate raw for your experience, but don't make generalizations about an entire gender, especially when it's to 200,000 kids viewing this potentially or teenagers then thinking, yeah, that's right. All women only want rich guys and that's what they're learning from your experience. But I do see what you mean that people should be able to speak openly, honestly, and rawly, but you do have to be aware of you're not un- this person I think isn't understanding how harmful and inaccurate what he's saying is himself, even that's his lived experience and understanding of of his own experience, I guess, and his own interpretation and analysis. Mm. It's fair for someone else to respond to that with judgment. And with I definitely listening to that, I got my back up about it. And I was like, this is so frustrating. I couldn't watch his video and I just like left mm. it. And you can't, he can't then respond to me being like, you should have watched my whole video because I need to be able to express myself. Or a- and what, but what, because again, I come back to, I feel like I'm going in circles a little bit here. So yeah. I apologize to, there you go. I said, sorry, apologize <laughs> to anyone listening that thinks I'm, but what was he trying to conclude? Is he just trying to say, is he just trying to vent and one up all the, you know, the, the fad in debt women on Tinder or whatever? Or is he trying to say, okay, this is the case that a lot of these women on Tinder think too highly of themselves and this is what – was there any sort of, okay, this is what we need to do about it or this is how you can navigate this world? It was was, just just pure venting then? It was basically this is the reason why men are disadvantaged. 
Right. Because even the fat women don't want you. But then even then, if you're insinuating that, okay, men are at a disadvantage, you you generally think, and this is how we can solve that or this is how what you can do about it. But if it's just pointing out, oh, well, we're men and we're never going to get it anyway, so just sit there in your bedroom and hate women all day. I didn't watch the end, I just don't see, yeah, look, I mean, but even when I hear a lot of this, I just don't see there's no constructive response if they've come to that conclusion then there's nothing inherently wrong with that if it's without the Mm. let's say they've just analyzed the data and they've come to that hypothesis then but Mm. then if there is this disadvantage okay well what are the solutions to that and the only solution i've ever really Mm. heard articulated from and it's not even directly articulated it just seems to be this sentiment that oh we need to we need to just basically Go back a couple of decades, but yeah. the, even that they don't directly say that. They just say, yeah. "Yeah, it's it's hard being, it's a lot harder being a man on, um, when it comes to online dating." And that's a very oh, ironically, I think that's just a very sort of that's a sort of emotional sentiment that's s- stereotyped with women that they just mm-hmm. vent without offering any solutions. Yeah, right. So if you're really masculine. Wouldn't you then think of a way to solve it? I feel like his solution was bringing people to the awareness. He's like, hey, sure. look at this disadvantage. Don't feel bad, though, because these women, are they're mothers. And, and he literally said once they've had kids, their bodies are ruined as well. So that's why they're fat. Like those, that was his language. That was his solution is saying like, I know you feel really bad about this. Okay, he's trying to make But think about these better. women. They're fucking disgusting. So don't worry. Right. That's so, kind of where he was coming at and why is, I was just like, oh, my God, stop talking, please. So the, it is the equivalent of like, yeah, men are just yeah. total trash. And yeah. so you don't need to feel bad if you've been hurt by a man because they're all just garbage. And the thing is a lot of the videos I watched were of that kind of similar nature where it was like... Well, there's a lot out there now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's done towards both gender. It's done towards men probably even more where it's like here's all the research because there's so much more research on how women uh-huh. are disadvantaged by men in terms of like assault, rape, violence, this and that, that people, which is of course true, it's data, but people yeah. use that as being like let's make a campaign against men and men are doing the same with this Tinder study. Let's make a campaign against women, but it's really just like... Not helpful. Neither of them are helpful at <laughs> yeah. all because ultimately what you want to do is get people who are part of that group yeah. on your side. Exactly. And no woman yet, it definitely sounds like no woman's going to watch that video and think, oh, maybe I will give the other guys a chance now. I know, exactly. <laughs> Having said that, it's not really that. I don't think that's ever going to happen. You can't fake sexual attraction and sympathy does not evoke. <laughs> no one's no. ever like, oh, I feel so bad for you. Oh, and I'm so turned on. That, I don't think, I don't know, maybe it has. Maybe. <laughs> but it's pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But like I said at the start of this podcast, we said we were going to talk about just competitiveness, competition among the sexes. Like within their own? Within their own. I, I, right. That could be an interesting podcast to do as well, but that's a whole podcast yeah. on that. But let's just do within their own. I was talking to, uh, I was doing a film a few weeks ago and I was talking to um, – I can't remember if she was the AD or she had she was what's that? Produ- uh, assistant director, right? Maybe just a producer. And she was talking to another girl there about how there's often a lot of. I think we may have touched on this on 
two or three podcasts ago as well, but there's often a lot of tension between mothers and their daughters. In what sense? Like in, in competitiveness and yeah, jealousy. Yeah. 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 And it was such an eye-opening conversation for me because I'm yes. sitting there like, this is the woman that's given birth to you. That's a really big thing. And yeah. Well, should <laughs> love you. Yeah. More than anything else. Yet she's making all these offhand remarks about your weight or, oh, yes. you look shit in that dress or no one's going to like you if you wear that or that nail polish is disgusting or whatever. Mm. And it always... Oh, what a minefield. It starts at the age that this the girl is about 17 and it finishes at about 30. And the reason why is it doesn't mean your mum doesn't love you and it's not every single parent, but it's because that mother is looking at – she's now – 50 60 and she's looking at her daughter being at her prime being like that was the only time of my life that i was attractive that was the only time of my life that i was deemed you know where society was all rallying behind me and nowadays i get ignored men aren't interested i sit whatever those kind of things yeah it's the jealousy because for men men can be in their primes their entire life women feel whether or not it's true they feel often that they're only in their prime in their like youth um mm. so it is that kind of jealousy and this and then it comes as as passive aggressive like oh you're really gonna eat i remember i saw a, a video recently of you know Gigi hadid the model supermodel mm. and there's videos of her mom and it was like imagine being brought up by her mom and mm. her mom was like giving her two almonds and then afterwards Gigi was doing a modeling show and she's like, see, honey, that's why I only let you eat salads so that you can get opportunities like this. Aren't you glad? And then when it was Gigi's birthday, oh. there was a cake and she's like, are you are you really going to eat the cake? Like, think about the work we've done. Like, we don't eat cake in this house. Those kind of things coming from Such a your stereotype. mother is so damaging. Yeah. That's uh, if I were... If you were sort of stereotyping a, a model's mother, it would be that, but it sounds like it's actually that. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um. Men will definitely compete against each other and it's a lot more direct. It could even just be an actual physical tussle or it could be, you know, trying to outperform each other financially. Mm. Uh, Do you think it's a fair observation where women will, not all women, but the conception of female competition is more likely to tear another woman down whereas with men it's trying to sort of puff their chest out and be like i'm better than this guy let me let me try and show him up let me try and you know i'm that big horn the big ram in the jungle that's going to have the biggest the loudest uh groan or whatever and then just just yeah. ran my head into every other man out yeah. there. Yeah, so there's like, a lot of posturing to try to show that they're the alpha dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas with women, it's more about sort of covert mm. competition, maybe trying to tear each other down, a bit of emotional manipulation. There's so much. I 100% think that's true. Like if if we think, let's say I felt competitive with a woman who was hotter than me and really fit, right? Maybe a male perspective was like would be like, uh, or a male approach of stereotype or generalized would be like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to f- make my body better than hers. Like, I'm going to be really hot, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Whereas the female approach to this would be, did you hear 
that Stacy has she, chlamydia mm. and she literally got it from her dog and she spread it to every single person, including the elderly care home. Like those kind of like just savage fucking rumors. Like, <laughs> Damn, Stacy. Make everyone think I will never go near that woman again. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't believe how many rumors go around, particularly around attractive girls. And mm. then unattractive girls are like, oh, she's a bit annoying, but she's really sweet. Like no one wants to talk shit about them kind of thing. But when they're hot, they get, it's so savage to the kind of gossip that goes around hot girls, mm. especially if your man cheats on you with someone hotter and they're like, no one would admit that she's beautiful or hot or whatever. They're like, oh my God, she's so, look at the like circumference of her nostril. Like don't, don't even worry. Nostril. Yeah. Like it's like the most petty, Oof. petty things. Interesting. I, I, I would compete with other Men, but in a very direct sense, you know. Yeah. I see a comedian who's more successful than I am. I'm like, I'm going to fucking beat that guy. Yeah. But I also res- have a deep respect for people that yeah. I perceive as, you know, people that I look up to. Mm. So I wouldn't try to tear. Look, uh, we do tear each other down sometimes, though, but it's in a more, well, I'm trying to think, you know, if when I'm doing a podcast with Jordan, we're constantly complaining about the mainstream comedians and just mainstream media in general and that could be a way to sort of just you know implicitly tear them down and and as a result bring ourselves up yeah so there's still elements of that among men there's elements of both but all you got to do is watch a bloody episode of the bachelor and then watch one of the bachelorette and the difference is so interesting when you watch them like side by side whereas when the the women first of all they all hate each other and talk shit about each other they all only have cliques of like two to three girls per click kind mm. of thing the men they're having the time of their lives they're like best buds all 30 of them they've all got like these jokes together they're having so much fun but when there's a drama they're like i'm gonna fucking like take me let's go outside bro like that Mm. kind of thing and then they always interestingly put the competitions for the um the men as some sort of like physical like mud fight or or boxing (laughs) ring thing where they had to fight each other and they release their aggression through that um and it is interesting that's the theory isn't it that's yeah male competition is very overt and direct Mm -hmm. and female competition is covert Hmm. I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a sort of innate biological competition I'm not consciously aware of, but I don't have this urge to, like, I, I might see people that are doing things that I admire and I think, yeah, I'm going to work, I'm going to, I want to emulate that, but then also maybe try and top that. Yeah. I, um, I don't do any competitive sport anymore. I still do a lot of physical activity, but when I was doing, it's been a while, <laughs> trying to think, when I was doing competitive sport, obviously I clearly wanted to win and would train and, and you know, in order to be the best. But, you know, plenty of women do sport as well, so it's not as though. Mm. I think that sport is different because when you're competing against, like, say, the comedians and you're like, I'm going to do better, I'm going to beat them and blah, 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 when – those are attractive masculine qualities, right? That uh-huh. kind of like boisterous, like cockiness at times, confidence. If 
But in a female, that can be deemed as unattractive, which is why women don't compete each other in this kind of over, like, I'll do better because they're going to get labeled as she's so cocky it's disgusting and she's so full of herself thinking she can do better humble yourself sweetie like those kind of things but is that coming from well i'm just thinking about okay well they're not feminine the most masculine sport there is the ufc yeah plenty of women in that's why i said sports aside oh okay (laughs) sorry yeah yeah, outside of sport sports is different because that those masculine attributes is always admired across sports of both genders. Mm. But when it's life, like cultural life, kind of life and society, it's, it's not an appropriate method for women because it's not, those masculine qualities are just going to get you shamed by your peers. So instead of them saying like, you go girl, like you work hard, you, you grind and you show that girl, like whatever you're, compare whoever you're competing against they're like oh my gosh like calm down you're going so over the top like that's kind of the approach that they can take it's mm. you just shamed for having those masculine attractive qualities just it doesn't commute often to to, to women and it's it should mm. but it doesn't often yeah i mean this is just my personal opinion i'm sure when it comes to when it comes to things like that you would associate as uh, attributes that would be attractive in a man, such as position in their career, financial mm-hmm. status, or just general success in life. It, it's not that I would only find something like that attractive in a, in a woman, but I'd find a woman that has her life together, mm-hmm. is doing well, uh, works on herself, reads, works out i'd find that far more attractive than some girl who's super hot but just sits at home all day yeah and i do wonder how and and i also think most men would too i was gonna say i wonder how many men share that those thoughts a lot of people like to say that but i've been told by multiple men that i've dated not like the majority it is a minority but i have been told that they are turned off because i earn a lot more money than they do so and they're like that's just not something i'm into i remember i went on a date one time with a guy after i had studied i'd just finished um one of my courses and i was talking to him about it and he literally told me to stop talking and was like i just don't find it attractive when you're talking about all these concepts like i don't know like you make me insecure because i feel like i just don't know any of these things about like human psychology that you do and it kind of just and I was okay. like, what the fuck? But the fact that that's happened to me so many times by a variety of men, it mm. is kind of an interesting concept. I would definitely wouldn't even say it's 50% or maybe not even 30%, maybe like 20%, but still there is a, a, an amount of men. And those are only the men that came forward saying that. Um, and, and and with the other guys, maybe they earned more than me, so it wasn't an issue. So I wondered if I had dated let's say 10 out of 10 guys where i earned more money Mm. and maybe i was deemed smarter than them would they still find that attractive if all 10 of those guys earned less than me and just weren't like academic or things like that would they find me attractive or would they be turned off by that Mm. so and how willing are they to admit that as well it's another thing so the theory behind that is that Men are most comfortable when they feel naturally masculine yeah. and in charge and women are most comfortable and attractive when they feel naturally feminine and uh, feel like they can trust this man to be in charge. That's a, that's a theory. Yeah. And again, like with a lot of this, I'm sure there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. I mean, just 
I think maybe there's certain associations that come with a woman that earns more money than you. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, actually, last year in the lockdown, probably the girl I was dating probably was earning more money than me then, but mm. it was never a turn off per se. Um, maybe certain stereotypes come with that, that, oh, she's going to then, you know, be the boss of me and lead me around and make all the decisions. Yeah. So it's that part of it that they're not attracted to. But again, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a man, you tell me. Um, yeah, let us know. It is. What I'm you... always interested to know about that. Yeah. And now in Western countries, women do out on men up to the age of 33 or mm. something. And it's continually, the, the trends are that they're just making more and more money, women graduating are more educated now university too. more. So yeah. it's probably going to Who knows keep what will happening. Happen. It it is, and it it does. It kind of comes into a thing of like how I don't want to say how comfortable are you in your masculinity if you're uncomfortable with the woman that earns more because I do understand that you may want to have that role in a relationship, and that's that's totally fair. Like I look at I, mean, I look at Adrian, and I think he's a ma- I look at him as he's very masculine, even though he's like sensitive and and gentle and quiet like i think oh he works outside or he's all sweaty when he comes home and dirty and he's got all his tattoos and i hear him on the phone and he's all like bogany sometimes but then to me he's different i think that's all masculine but then when like since we've met my pay has increased so much the, the amount of money i earn and instead of like being i guess like threatened or uncomfortable he's like fuck yeah like can i be a stay-at-home dad and i'm like yeah babe like <laughs> those kind of things he embraces it you can be masculine i think and i sort of think it's emasculine yeah Yeah. it's it's, if you did have a wife that earned a lot more money than you you did stay at home depends what you do at home yeah i think would determine whether you're masculine if you're sitting there working out all day that's pretty masculine but um if you i don't know on the phone to your friends watching painting your nails then i don't know yeah yeah that is a funny one. I hear that a lot. Like, oh, men are intimidated by smart women. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. I've never met a woman smarter. But than you me. have a yeah, and you have a <laughs> thing about like your attr- biggest attractive quality is like how much a woman can like have intellectual conversations and challenge yeah. you. That's your thing. Yeah. Whereas I don't think that's I, that's not even my thing with men. Like, I don't care about how deep our conversations are. Yeah. I just want to feel like we nurture each other and like it's that's my thing sure so, so for me it is a bit of, yeah. maybe i'm just a unique case yeah but i get bored if they're done if if i'm mm. on a date and i have been on dates with women that just are not deep it's not that they're dumb but there's no depth there's yeah, yeah there's absolutely no depth and they say really hackneyed things that they've just picked up from mm. an, a cliche instagram story or did they've just listened to the project and i can just tell <laughs> and it is it's really boring yeah. I get bored. It's not even a, necessarily a turn on or a turn off. I just get bored. Well, I get uh, so our bored. Biggest sex organ is our brain, and that's yep. that's often you know the way that is that's stimulated for you. It's through intellect, which makes sense. It's logic, and you're a very logic driven person. For me, it's like I'm all about you know my brain releases these chemicals of like oxytocin and serotonin and all these like love things, and I'm like that comes from having someone be really like affectionate to me and 
doting. That's when I'm like, love, love, love kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas that's how my brain's stimulated and your brain's stimulated different. So it is, I do wonder, um, but it is a definitely a thing that I say, uh, I come across a lot. And the women I know that are really smart and even... Um, so so is it just the earning thing? Because I've heard as well, yeah. uh, well, it's often a lot of women that say this. I've never really heard a man directly tell me, oh, I just don't date smart women. Yes. But yeah. I've heard a lot of women say men are intimidated yes. by smart women. Yeah. Now, I will say this. Just having a degree, is it, there's often a correlation there but for, that I found. But Doesn't just being educated... Yeah. I don't have a degree. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. it, it could just mean you've been brainwashed, if anything. That's probably yeah. more true than ever. But agreed. Just it can also be a deflection and an inability to look at other factors because if, you know, there's this TED talk and it has so many dislikes. It's insane. It's this woman who is 31 and she's basically just complaining for 15 minutes about. I've got this degree and I'm 31 and I'm attractive and how come men don't want to date me? Well, because men are intimidated to me. And then all the comments are like, all right, yeah, that's the one factor, right? Mm. So there is that element as well where you're just sort of assuming, oh, men, you, some people may be assuming, oh, men don't like me because I'm smart and it's intimidating when there could be other factors. Yeah, well, can I say I know two of – I've got a lot of female friends, obviously, and two of them I think have that extremely highly intellectual, academic kind of mindset, much more so than me, maybe even smarter than you, Neil, who knows? Very, very intelligent women. And they, because we're in a similar kind of group that we hang out with the same friends of, mm. of males and females, I often see the guys that they're dating. And I'm friends with them too. And for both of these two girls that are super smart, they go on these dates and basically they come they say um you know i he rejected me or he's not into me because i was just too like smart and he's intimidated by that kind of thing and then i go and speak to the guy and i'm like well i want to find out if this is true and Mm. basically what he was what they i found was commonly being responded by these men is that they were saying the women were so confronting these two women the really smart ones in the sense that one of them would be like um, I'm actually really uncomfortable with what you just said kind of thing. And I'd prefer if you just don't say that again. Just more confronting in the terms of they, they would speak their mind. They'd be really upfront. And okay. not in like a as a feminist kind of way, but just being like, mm, I don't think that's accurate. And you would probably love it or whatever. And you'd be like, yes, let's debate this. Like, <laughs> let's get in some logic debate, well, <laughs> maybe. I, okay, now that you've said that, I, I, I do also think there's a, you can be very intelligent and smart, but you can also be humble. Yes. And when yeah. people are arrogant about their intelligence, it's, it is a turn-off. But they, these, these girls were never showing me, uh, showing them, like talking about their intelligence to these guys, right? It's obviously just something that you can read and so on, but they would show me the conversations, yeah. screenshots of them. We, that's just what, you know, I guess I always get probably like 50 screenshots a day of conversations. Okay. So I get every insight into this. Um, it's just post them anonymously on the story. I should, I should. Um, but cause I kind of thought that as well. Like I tried to say to one of the girls, one of them being like, are you being a bit bossy? Like, are you being a bit kind of demanding or intense 
and maybe intense. needlessly confrontational because bossy yeah. there's so many negative connotations yeah. to that now where yeah. if you say you're being bossy or then it's then anti-feminist it's, it's automatically yeah. sexist whereas you can say you know you you don't i think a true sign of intelligence is actually someone who doesn't think they know everything yes. and who wants to learn and is yes. inquisitive and think they can now I do I did just say oh, I get bored with other people's conversation yeah. but what did I say when they're just articulating points that I believe are very cliche and hackneyed so mm. they're talking to me as if it's some mm. uh, y- y- some grand truth and I can see right through it now maybe mm. I need to be a bit more humble there but what I admire again this is just me personally I don't know if this applies to every man or, or anything like that but I really admire p- people who can articulate an, a nuanced, interesting, engaging topic of conversation, but not talk down to someone. Yeah. And not because it also it's not intimidating because oh you're a strong woman. It comes across as an overcompensation, mm-hmm. as you're trying to prove something, mm-hmm. and and that that's how it comes across mm-hmm. and. I do actually understand if a woman did sort of, if I was on a first date and don't say that, that's not, I'm not comfortable with you saying that. I'd sort of think, look, you're trying to, I feel like you're overcompensating and trying to be this strong woman when you you can even say, if if I did say something that made you uncomfortable, there would be a way to say that. That's not as. Well, here's the thing. Abrasive. Because I didn't get to the point where I actually saw what was in the yeah. in the screenshot. Sure. And what she had messaged him was they were supposed to meet at 3 p.m. Yeah. And they were going to watch a sunset together in Bondi or something. That's cute. And then he pushed back. He'd cancelled on the week before. Uh-huh. And then he pushed back um, a second time being like, can we meet at 4.30? So not like he's not cancelling on her. He's pushing it back. Yeah. And my approach, I would have been like, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine, whatever. She was like, hey look, I understand that life gets in the way and you're busy and you've got plans, but we've made plans twice now. You've rescheduled it both times. I'm kind of finding it a little bit like it's a little bit disrespectful towards my time and the plans we're making. She was just really forward. And when I read it, I was like, this is really rational and it makes sense. But his response to me was like, I was just expecting her to be like, yeah, it was okay. I don't know why she made it into such a big deal kind of thing. So... And whether or not that's linked right, into that's highly it. intelligent women, I don't know. But I found that that was, I guess, in this, in this my short study of two women I know that are like that level of yeah. academic yeah. was just they just spoke that way. They weren't about to roll over and be like, oh, this makes me, I'm not happy about it. But I'll just say, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry. They were like, okay, man, life gets in the way. I understand that. But I don't want to meet with you anymore. Good luck with it or whatever. Yeah. So then the guys are turned off because she had confronted them and maybe that was a non-feminine response or a non-passive response and it was too aggressive, too masculine, who knows? But I just thought it is interesting. Probably doesn't link as much into uh, intellect as it may. That's a tough one yeah. though because, yeah, I don't think that's – I mean, maybe there's a correlation between be, people, you know, standing up for themselves and being intelligent. If anything, no, because I intelligent people can often be very – self-critical well, and insecure sometimes but that's a weird one because it's not as though she's stating her opinion and sort of she's talking like not down saying to him or wrong, anything like that at yeah. all that's just okay just if forward. someone twice rescheduled now that would piss me off a little bit too yeah uh once totally forgivable. yeah now second time if they had an explanation for it yeah 
I don't know what his explanation was, to be fair. I can't remember it. It might have been something valid. And it was only an hour and a half. See, th- this is my yeah, perspective. Okay, so I'm, that is a tough, yeah. I was okay, actually kind of okay, siding with him. And I was one. like, girl, you wanted to see, you're going to be there to 7 p.m. anyway. You're going to see the sunset and it's summer at this point. And she's like, it's just the, the principle that he's he's done this. So I, it was interesting. Because I was just yeah, like, I would have just been a, like, yeah, whatever. We're going to be there till seven. You, if it's shorter, it's shorter. I just want to, I'll meet with you anyway. And he mm. seemed quite, I can't remember what his reasoning was, but it seemed kind of genuine to me. But um, yeah, I don't think that's got yeah. anything to do with a woman lacking in a smart. There's nothing there that indicates, oh, this is a smart. It's just someone who values her time. It's not. Well, you know what they say about like how intelligent people, they they say like the smarter you are, you can't even put two of the right socks on or whatever. Or That's the, yeah, um, the and, when you're such a hyper genius that you yeah. actually can't fit into society. And I find that sometimes people that are so, that are really academic, they speak in a way that may come across as posh or, Definitely. you know, they're so intellectual that it is, I can understand why that is intimidating to some people and may actually that. be a turn off because you may feel judged just in the way they speak. Like I've seen that come across on TikTok where this girl who was quite clearly very intelligent would just talk about, Miranda. I think she did daily vlogs and everyone was commenting on her being like, why are you such a dickhead? Like, why are you so aggressive? Like, and she was like, this is my accent. Like, this is how is I was brought up. English? My, yeah. And she was like, both my parents are university lecturers. Like, this is just how I talk. Because they were saying, why do you have to use, um, why is your vocabulary so complicated? Like, you're describing how you make your breakfast. Stop using those kind of words. Saying, <laughs> I, I use a plethora of butter or whatever. Um <laughs> Those kind of things, which I guess <laughs> I, like I can see why it comes across as douchey, but for some people, that's their nature. There's an art to speaking effectively without using pompous words that you don't need to use, though. Yeah. When some people, when people are trying to sound intelligent, again, it it's, can come across as a sort of overcompensation and come across very arrogant. Yes. A lot of people said that about Malcolm Turnbull. Ah, uh, yeah. He's so arrogant, he comes across... And he did speak in a very mm. arrogant. It did come across that way from mm. just a purely emotional yeah. level. Uh, he he spoke in a way that when people don't smile, that seems to be quite a clear indication of whether they'll come across as pompous and so arrogant. True. You can speak quite intellectually, even, but if you accompany that with, with a smile, with yeah. a, with warmth, and make it sound well, whereas for some reason. Very upper class English people also don't smile that often. I know. Like, well, yes, when I spoke, to, it was one of the happiest days of my life. The birth Literally. of my third child. <laughs> exactly. And I think that it does make sense. So when you're so high on the spectrum of intelligence, and I have seen, and this is also backed by um, studies and research to show that you do lack, you may more likely to be lower on the spectrum of sociability and making friendships and and being able to have, you know, emotive conversations. So if you're dating someone that's highly intelligent, she may not come across as warmth and, and, and nurturing to you because she's so high up on one end, she has a, a deficit in the other end. So, And that is something where I will actually say, look, if, if it's one thing to have a very stimulating conversation, but if mm. there is that abrasive nature to it, that 
can be a turn off sometimes yes. in a de- in a dating context. Yes. Even if it is a very intelligent conversation. Yeah, if, you if want there's this flirty sort of, and yeah, laughter, you want a little bit of flirty, a little yeah, bit exactly, of touch. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not it's not the man's fault for saying or the woman's fault for assuming he's intimidated by my intelligence because in some ways he is, but it's more to it. He's he's turned off by this this lack of what we just said, like flirtation yeah. and warmth and and nurture things that he may expect from a potential romantic interest. So yeah, dating is different to being an academic or yeah, being you're not successful being in your career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not trying to show how exactly intelligent. It's different to a podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you do. I don't know. Anyway, we, we, we'll have to wrap this one up soon. But you you hear that a lot. Oh, men are intimidated by strong you know, strong, intelligent women. I've never heard a man say that. <laughs> I've never heard a man just be just say, oh, look, I'd, I would have... I thought she was very sexually attractive, but, oh, no, she's, she's, she's too, too independent. independent. Oh, independent, <laughs> I can see, actually, yes. But intelligent, I have never heard it, yeah. When they're like, she doesn't well, need me, indep- she doesn't even want me. I can see that because I don't like men that are so independent either, if I'm fully honest. I like to be needed. So yeah, I can see I that I think that's too. normal. Yeah, sure, sure. But then that's – but what sort of conclusion can you take from that? Oh, you should be not compl- – you should be a bit independent but not fully independent if you want to be successful at dating. Well, there should that's be a- some needs that you want met by your partner. Yeah, that's a f- – okay, that's a fair You should be able to survive it. and fulfill your life on your own but you should mm. have some things you want met by your partner like mm. love and compassion and, and intimacy. Which, I of course, you can fair. fulfill on your own it, as well. It, but <laughs> It's not the same. Not the same, not quite. <laughs> um, mm. Well, I think I mentioned this earlier, but sexual attraction is not politically correct, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. Um, in this society, there's so many... We put a higher premium for, for women to you know, get the education you deserve, get a career, be independent. Unfortunately, that's not always sexually attractive and then for 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 men if you do sort of take a uh you take some of the things that maybe the stereotypical incel would potentially say Mm. you should strive to be a kind person to be gentle to be nice to always text back and things like that but that's not always sexually attractive yeah and it's unfortunate but sexual attraction isn't politically correct and it never will align with culture because culture will have a set of ethics that we should be striving for or a you know a general guideline of morality mm. and just sexual attraction by its very nature is going to often be antithetical to that exactly so we're attracted to things that we're not you know culturally supposed to be different strokes for different folks just don't get into like bestiality and should be all right. <laughs> well, that's an interesting way to take it. Sure. Don't, yeah. yeah, don't do that. I second that. Don't do things that are illegal. Don't fuck any animals, literal animals. Or children. <laughs> if, you know, if she's an animal, <laughs> fuck her. All right. Anyway. On that note. <laughs> yeah. Good time to end it. Uh, com slash podcast if you want to ask us a question. If you're in Sydney and the lockdown's over by the time this goes out, I do a weekly show every Thursday. Very close to doing shows all over Australia, hopefully by September. Again, a lot depends on this bloody lockdown. 
And look, I hope you're all doing well. There's no JobKeeper or anything now. So oh, shout out yeah. to everyone who may be doing it tough. Yeah. Uh, all the best. See you next week. Yeah.